Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Hey, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones. And uh, to my left is Bleep. It's better than Brian Martin, even though I talked to Brian Martin for today. He's got a 26-foot U-Haul. Plus a trailer, and he's moving to his dual citizen home country of uh, the United States. God bless America, even though we can't count a ballot. God bless America. Even though we let people vote six weeks early and flood the ballots. God bless America. Even though, even though we don't, we don't want to have a race so we can have the people in the last two weeks share their things and the, and the uh, media is going to, uh, uh, you know, I guess, cover up one side, even though that, God bless America, and uh, God bless our freedom that we don't have anymore. So anyway, but that's, so bleeps to my left, anyway, and God made a farmer, that's right, we were to, I couldn't help but to do that, because we just listened to that poem by Paul Harvey, God made a farmer, which I love that thing, it reminds me of my, uh, my neighbor and my uh, grandpa-in-law, my, Lindley's uh, dad, or grandpa, so anyway, uh, God bless Iowa. And then across we have the great Bradano, which um, I spent an incredible amount of time with. And uh, he's shorter than he looks on TV. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and uh, um, <laughs> you like that? That was good. So, hey. Good. I'm glad you changed it because you started <laughs> off with the election stuff. And now I'm, f- now I'm frustrated. So I'm going to have to refocus. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It's okay. okay. Hey, somebody can live in their basement, not go through the primaries, not have to do with any of that, and they can still get voted in. God bless America. We can do whatever. Hey, it that's just like, proves we can do I, I, Hey, that, and that's if AOC the, can the be epitome, a Congress, is she a Congress or what is she? She's a Congress if person. She, if that woman can be a Congress person and say that if you vote for Trump, we should track you and discipline you, like that's not Stalin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's like the, the whatever that person sent out the post that was uh, changing Biden for Trump is like in your pants and changing your shirt. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Did I'm we like, need to go there? I, I mean, I I that, okay, Brian Martin's here. He jumped off the cliff there. So anyway, and you know what? Hey, listen, Democrat or Republican, hey, listen to this. Do you, do you, no do you remember when Jesus was in the stable <laughs> and the main problem then was they needed more airports? No, 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 no. Jesus was in, back when, hey, man. In the Revolutionary Jesus, War. When Jesus was in the stable in Come the on, Revolutionary man. War, he said the number one problem was we need more airports. What the heck? And that's that's going to be our president, huh? CNN I, I covered that up. Clinton News Network, Communist News Network. I mean, yeah, yeah. So anyway, now I'm so distracted that I I'm barely can think about it. No, anything. no, we, we're going to get back on track. Okay. I just got one more thing to say. If you're Democrat or Republican, neither one. I, I have best friends in both parties. Love it. Just would like everybody to have a little common sense and uh, uh, look at it from both sides because then it's obvious. All right. Hey, listen. <laughs> we're going to talk about hunting. 
No, really, it's okay. okay. You guys get focused here. Come on. I, 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 try, not to, I try not to talk and think about this right now, so no. okay, let's get <laughs> back what? on track. These podcasts are great. If we can't add a little bit of fun and flair into it, it's awesome. Um, but uh, I, am, I am indeed excited right now. We're going to talk about uh, Montana today and uh, what, what's happened. Y- you know, it's, it's funny because we live in um, an amazing place, Brad. We do. And I think that our government screwed up. Just to go back there real quick, I don't know who it was. Was it the left or the right that split up the Dakota territories? But they absolutely, they crapped the bed on that one. Because Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota should have been one state. So you're expanding <laughs> this from what my longstanding belief that they screwed up in splitting you, South Dakota I, and North Dakota right. into you always North and South. Been, you always say I, there should be East Dakota East and West. And, West. And, and I thought about that, and I was like, dude, that why makes total there? sense. Yeah. But why stop there? Because the original Dakota territory was Montana, unless I'm wrong, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota, and North Dakota, right? That was Dakota territories. Way, way back. Way, way back, right. But when, when Do you remember that? No, but I learned it somewhere. <laughs> I didn't remember. You're older than me, for God's sakes. <laughs> That's um, true. I mean... You know, uh, it's, uh, but anyway, could you imagine having a tag for um, just to be able to hunt all those areas and have multiple tags? No. It'd be awesome. But yes. Uh, now, the, here's now, the counter to that. You actually okay. can. Go ahead. Here's the counter to that. Montana, get one deer tag. Yep. Like Wyoming, essentially. I mean, if you want to shoot some does and stuff, South Dakota has a really good system because you get, you have a, if you want to shoot deer, yeah, be careful. If you want to shoot deer, you the damn the damn left the right might screw us up here. I I know, right? I don't want to say I I don't want to be like our governor Noam. She's been on TV so much, and I mean, cripes all Friday. We got my my next door neighbors now are from Maine. House been on the market for a year, overpriced, and now I got. Okay, yeah, let's not publicize that. <laughs> hey, real quick though, seriously, we got we got to look at this. We got to look this um, from a perspective that we actually do because we live in an unbelievable area here in Spearfish, and so one of the great resources of coming here is that we can hunt Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, Nebraska, North Dakota. Really, literally, you can be any of those places within an hour and a half to two hours. Right. And so when I look at where we live and what we get to do, it's just amazing. And uh, even though COVID cut cut us out of Canada, we have had an incredible year so far because you've killed a giant, giant, giant hashtag 393 bull. I've had a great year already, and and we're just getting to do it. You you killed a, a really nice antelope. Yep. And then um, this last weekend, uh, um, we uh, um, we've just we've just been tearing it Pounding up in the mule deer. deer. So opening opening day this year, I got to tell you, opening day was amazing because I, I never usually we're sweating, right? But you never know what to expect. And right. this year, we had snow on the first day of school this year. Yeah, this global warming crap better hustle. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's making an impact out here. Uh. But it was snowing like crazy, right. and probably what minus two or three degrees, five degrees with the it wind. It was cold with the cold. Yeah, yeah with the wind, with the wind chill, it was below zero. I it think was below just, zero. Just yeah, it was twenty some degrees. I think. But we'd been seeing deer all year long, and we were hunting for a specific deer that we saw out in the hayfield, and uh, he was a high seventies, uh, you know, low eighties type deer, and uh, I couldn't believe my eyes. When we came over that ridge, and we saw all those bucks down there. Right, they were just tucked down. 
surprisingly tucked down where they were at. We we had a hunch and decided we have to check that out because it's a little bit of work to get there. Right. And and uh, but we we exerted the effort and surprisingly because conventional wisdom would have had them on the other side. Right. But that's a deep enough hole back in right. there that they were tucked down in there and and you you had uh, you and Ty had spotted a buck immediately and then um, you guys were looking at that and then we we moved around and we kept looking and then we saw that deep forks way down in there and right. we were like there he is man right. all bedded up ready to everybody re- was getting excited at that point but it's been an incredible year so anyway we shoot that deer opening day which I hadn't killed a deer for two years there nor had I nor had you I haven't and, shot a buck in Montana for a few years and then and then we had. Uh, we had Brock in. Yeah, our buddy Brock hunted with us. And then we killed a great buck with Brock, found a great buck, yep. five-year-old buck. And then we had um, uh, Ammond, right? Ammon yeah. Wallace, Scott's son, our IT guy, he came in and said, hey, let's go hunting. So we took him out hunting, found a great mule deer. Um, and that buck we'd played cat and mouse with for two years. Yeah. He made a heck of a shot on that buck. Right. 600 yards, never had never shot that far again, no wind. We laid him down and uh, just, I mean, it was amazing. A kid, you know what, though? Women and kids usually do better jobs than a better job of shooting extended range if they haven't done it much right. than guys that have shot as rookies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the reason why? They I'm don't not, have an ego. They don't have an ego and, and they, and they, they listen. listen. <laughs> Bingo! They listen. Kids, kids, surprisingly, like at our shooting schools, they do. I'm surprised how well they do. And women, and women, um, women, they they just they listen. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we've noticed. But uh, he, yeah. Could it be like for women, like they have the dexterity? No, uh, I think it's not so much. No, let's not go there. No, <laughs> I'm totally so, sorry. I my, yeah, my wife's gonna be rolling in here hitting me. <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> No, no. That's, I find that interesting, though. It's fascinating what you said about the younger people. They don't have the ego. And they don't have years of bad habits. Yep. That's true. There and they listen. And, that and, makes sense. And, and the, the other thing is, is I don't think that they've shot enough to anticipate the shot. And a lot of guys that have shot enough that they, they anticipate they have some form of what I would call target panic or trigger reflex. And um, and that's what I see anyway. And we've seen it at shooting yeah. schools. I mean, it would be it would be fun to do a study. Well, and the other thing is, our guns simply don't kick. Right, they don't kick almost at all. I mean, it's like shooting a two twenty three, maybe. Yeah. And a lot of people, especially guys, guys are used to shooting bigger guns. And they anticipate the and they they yep. anticipate the recoil. They anticipate the trigger squeeze. So, so the thing about a perfect shot is th- that not moving the reticle between the time the trigger breaks and uh, um, the reticles on the target. You know what I'm saying? And and kids can do it anyway. This young man shot it. Uh, it was a little bit far back. Not not really. Maybe a rib or two back at 600 yards. The animal turned, quartering away. I said, shoot it again. He hit it again at 600 yards twice, and he just killed one heck of a buck. And that mm-hmm. buck had eluded us. Uh, we played cat and mouse with that deer. I know we had seen it. We've spent a epic ton of time out there this year. Yeah. A lot, a lot of time. And we'd seen a lot of deer. And we kind of, this is the most figured out that we have ever had. Ever had. That property. Yeah. Well, one of the things, though, the, 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 the true storyline of today, though, it leads back to Brad Dana. Because this is Brad Dana's year. 2020 <laughs> is going to go down as the sh- 
year for COVID <laughs> and the great year for Brad Dana. So, so well, just my elk. I, that's all. <laughs> no, I, I, I could have one tag and have an epic year. And this mule elk. deer that you killed this last good, weekend. Yeah. And here's why. Okay, not because he scored more or was that much bigger than mine, because he really wasn't any bigger than mine. Um, but the storyline on this deer. So last year, you guys got to hear this. Last year. Brad and I are out there almost every day. I'd never hunted that much, and I just loved it. And I didn't want to burn my tag. And right. Brad. I did. So we were like, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. Well, you shoot that one. Somebody and should shoot that somebody deer. Somebody should shoot that That's deer. That's a really good deer. So we had killed a few deer with some of our friends, and we were looking at deer all year long, and we had came across a, a really big deer, probably 20, 21-inch backs, maybe 22, off of his main, off of his main beam. And... Uh, um, but he had crabby fronts, really weak fronts, but he's just a gorgeous, handsome deer. And we sat there and we, we kept running into him and, uh, he'd always was with a bunch of does and we knew right where he was. So the last day, uh, I was going to shoot him. Brad was going to shoot him. I was a good deer. We so, shouldn't have passed that deer So up. we got out in the morning and we had him like at 190 yards. We slipped over a hill and Brad's like, you shoot him. And I go, no, you, Brad, that's your deer. Go ahead. Shoot him. I'm not going to shoot a deer this year. Unless, unless I find a really cool management deer, I'll kill a management deer. Brad goes, well, then I'll kill a management deer too. I go, dude, that's a management deer. He's got shitty front. Shoot that deer. He's like, I'm not shooting that deer. We're arguing about it. I'm not shooting deer. So Brad goes, well, let's go kill you a management deer. And let's go find a good management deer. If we find two, we'll do it. If not, we'll come back at the end of the day. And uh, we'll look for him right after lunch. We come back after lunch, you know, because he was on the, he was on the close side. Yeah, was, and we and we yeah. were still we were still up that way. We were, we were still on the west side. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, we'll put him in our pocket and we'll have him. Well, I'll be doggone if we couldn't find that buck that afternoon. And then we tried to race back and shoot another buck that we saw on the property, and then we couldn't get on him too. Epic, absolute epic failure. Talk about two guys that pride themselves in getting shit done. Anyway, epic failure. So now, fast forward, year goes around. We see this big deer. I kill 100 and high 70s. You know, he's right at that 180 mark. Kill just an unbelievable deer opening day. And we saw him in velvet. Yeah, we saw him in velvet. In velvet, so, and I was guessing he was five inches bigger. Yep, and, but, and he just didn't have the mass. Yep. He, when he shed it, he just had no mass. So we were good. Super good deer, though. Amazing deer Yeah, in velvet. Just giant frame. One of the best deer we've seen yeah. you know, in eastern It's in the Montana. top top three. So yep. anyway, so we, uh, um, we get him killed, and uh, then we're going through season now. And then I'm out there with Ammon, and I told him that day, I said, there's one buck we're looking for, and he's super tall. And I said that, that, that we can't shoot that buck, and then I said we can't shoot young bucks. And so we're hunting along, having a blast, you know, just being family, doing what buddies do. And uh, <laughs> I, I, we see two really good bucks. And he, Ammon's like, oh, yeah, those will work. And I'm like, well, son, those are four-year-olds. Those are three-year-olds. Those are two <laughs> yeah, We're not going to shoot him. And here's a kid just salivating. He's 8, 17 years old wants to kill a good buck and uh anyway um then the third or fourth buck we come across i look down and i'm like oh there's your buck and then i look at him like oh that's gonna be brad's buck (laughs) we've been looking for this deer so anyway we kind of had him ear tagged 
But I looked down in there, and holy smoke, I saw tines to heaven, man. And I was like, Brad was working. It was on a Thursday. And so I said to Brad, I said, hey, tomorrow morning we're going to put him in bed. So anyway, now the journey began. We went out and chased this deer that gave us the slip, and he'd winded us, and we had to cut clear around, circumnavigate the globe to get back on him. Anyway, we ended up getting him shot. Got back there at dark to where Brad's deer was about two miles away, or what we hoped was Brad's deer, and there he was in the same place. You're calling it Brad's deer now. I know it. I said we were going to call it Brad's deer, but it was Brad's deer. So anyway, it was pretty amazing, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, that I mean, if you've not been to our Instagram, go to our Instagram, and you will see, you will not believe the pictures of this deer. He is so tall in the back that he's just absolutely, it almost doesn't look real. It's like, are you kidding me? Is that really that deer? But it really was. So go to our Instagram and uh, go check out us on social media um, and uh, make sure you follow us because uh, we're always posting cool stuff on there. But I'm looking at it right there. Uh, so hold on. Uh, let's see. Boom. Boom. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? Oh yeah. Is that a crazy is that is that thing that that thing should be called skyscraper. Exactly, skyscraper. I mean, he was just ridiculous. I got video of him and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Every time he put his head down and lifted it back up, we were like, "That is a incredible buck." I mean, just look look at the forks on that thing. And uh, um, fairly narrow, 24, 25 inches wide. Right. But just a stomper of a deer. Super and, nice deer. Uh, um, and that was the deer we passed last year. Yep. Last day of season, couldn't find him. For sure, 100% yep. a year older, had better fronts. And uh, and we still have some good mule deer hunts coming up this year. Yeah. You, you have a good tag. I have a good tag. I haven't, yeah, we, I haven't seen much for deer where I'm going, but you never know. I've seen some. Good. You you have seen some, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah we should uh, I, it should be a it should be a good Saturday this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I never get it never gets old shooting big deer. But I will tell you this. Listen, we're talking about these good deer, and if you're listening today, and you're going, okay, where are these good deer? How much are you guys paying for these good deer? What is, that's a lot of what's said all the time. What do you got to pay? I got to tell you, uh, Montana. Western South Dakota, um, Eastern Wyoming a little bit, but it's pretty tough. It's mostly whitetails in Eastern Wyoming, but Eastern Montana and Western South Dakota to me are a couple great states that if you want to go to the web, send us a message. Go to Roll. Colorado, right? But 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 before we go to Colorado, um, these two, this area between Eastern Montana and Western South Dakota is has enough public land if you're willing to get a great pair of boots, um, a good layering system, a good pack, educate yourself on how to shoot a rifle good out to 400 yards. Or five. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> Six, three. Okay. <laughs> All right. You can, I would say if you're, a aggressive dude that is willing to go hike at least a mile and a half off the road and find the coolies in some of these public areas, you should be able to find 160 to 170 inch deer if you're willing to put in three to five days and not get impatient. Easy. Yep. Would you not say that? For sure. 
and, and know a little bit about tags and how, yep. to, how to get how to get like Idaho. They need to get a hold of us. Idaho, because honestly, I'll, yeah, Idaho or Colorado. Like my nephew, he shot a really nice buck in Colorado. He just took a couple points and it, went down right to public land and yeah, yeah. But but if you understand the point system here and uh, um and and want to get a hold of us and have us help you with strategy there's not a question if you're that type of guy or gal that wants to go out there and get out and go hunting you you could you can kill a 160 to 170 buck every year um on a limited budget you really can what you need to spend your money on is get a hold of us we'll tell you what boots to wear layering system packs and a rifle and then you can come out here and kill a good deer almost every year for I don't know In, inexpensive inexpensive because what are less, the tags? less than a grand what are the tags South Dakota or Wyoming or well Mon- the, Montana the Montana tags expensive it's six sixty or six and a quarter okay and then so if you're willing to stay in a tent yep. or in in your truck yeah okay and you drive out there's tons of public land yep. with good deer you just gotta get and you know what we're not against telling you where to go. Get a hold of us, like we said, you know. Yep. Um, is this a cheap solicitation bleep for our membership? Not at all. I don't think so either. Nope. Because this is what people don't know. This is that part of save, save access. It's, it's called service access, value. value, and education. Right, that's what it's about. Yeah, and, and I, I know we have that. I know. Yep. It's like, because I got a lot of buddies from Iowa growing up there, you know, 40 acres and a string and a stick, and, uh, um, and they can kill a deer. I get it. But they come out here and go on expensive hiking trips three, four, five times, they don't kill anything. Don't be prideful. It's a different type of hunting. Get a hold of us, and we can help you. And I really, I really, really believe that. So pretty crazy. But yeah, this has been an incredible year for mule deer for us. And I'm super excited for this weekend. You should you should have a phenomenal hunt. <laughs> you should too. What do you mean? I'm looking at a drop tine whitetail that scored, um, you know, in the high 70s. Yeah. I'm looking at a deer you killed last year at uh, 30 inches wide, outside 31. I, uh, lightning will not strike three times like that. I mean, I shot 107. What was that? 170 what some whitetail? 74 inch whitetail. Crud everywhere that was an i I mean three beams and an 11 inch drop time yeah and then that deer that mule deer last year that was just 194.30 and a half inches wide yeah amazing but i don't i'm not expecting or anticipating i haven't seen much like i haven't seen anything like that those deer this year well i killed 174 inch four point last year on our place yeah and I left two stompers go that were that, yeah. that scored higher than that. Oh, you just got to be. Uh, are you drooling a little bit? I am like are fired you, up. Are you waking up with drool on Christmas your pillow? <laughs> so, how much hunting pressure is out there this year? Are you guys seeing it? Yeah, you know what's it's good. Good question. Um, what we're seeing is is that um, there's a lot of hunters out. Okay, because I think COVID's pushed them to the fact that everybody's got a tag. A lot of pressure. And a yeah, lot, there is a th- lot. There's a lot of pressure. Yep. More, we're, we're seeing pickups in places that we've never seen pickups in. And we have, well, it seems like, I don't, you know, they can't, there can't be more out-of-state people because, I mean, they're limited on the tags. But, you know, whatever it is, it's who has access to whatever. Like where I'm hunting last year, that one guy from Minnesota shot an elk on his deer tag. That that doesn't go over very good. That's a, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad juju for that's your future bad. hunting. For your future hunting, that's a bad deal. In my, so, in my so I've got I've got a I've got a really quick quick question here. 
So, you know, having done a lot of fly fishing with my brother-in-law, right? And we right. go to remote places in Wyoming. And if we saw a car or two in a gravel parking lot way out in the sticks, we would just go on because there's no way we're going to fish that section of the stream. Right. We're just not going to do that. What kind of advice do you give for people when there's a lot going on out there? Well, that is a great question because, like, my antelope, we, we pre-scouted public land. And we had, you know what's kind of funny is we did ha- we had quite a few places of private that they would let us hunt, and we just didn't even ask. Well, that's because we pre-scouted public. We were up there pre-scouting the public for your elk hunt, and we found some uh, herds of antelope, yep. and we knew where they were at. And and it's funny you asked that because on the way there, we were late getting there that morning, and we'd seen a dozen cars. No kidding, and it was remote area, but there was cars out everywhere. There was a car. There was two guys, three hundred yards off the road, sitting on a two track that went into a little piece of state section. And a half mile from where There's we shot our antelope. Everywhere. There's people for an- everywhere. So my suggestion is, one, don't get discouraged. Two, uh, get yourself base map or onyx. Well, okay? and, and a lot of those people went to a trailhead or a parking area yeah. instead of just... Brad, we were on a trailhead, brother. Yeah, we were. We shot your antelope. We shot your we were, antelope. We were not on a conventional. It seems like... I don't know. Yeah. No, but we were on a trailhead. There but was 12 cars in that other here's, I mean, two miles away from us. Here's my suggestion for people, okay, is don't get discouraged when you see cars. Let your glasses do the walking and know most hunters are so impatient they're going to blow the animal out. Don't be impatient. Let your glasses do the walking and pay attention to your public map. We kill a lot of things on public land. Mm-hmm. People always say, oh, yeah, you're, you have a booking service. You guys, you know, you, you know, we see that on social media all the time. What would you pay for that? Where would you go for that? Well, you know what? Yeah, when we go to Canada or Alaska, a lot of times. But I will tell you this. Um, we're going on a DIY. I just booked us into a DIY caribou hunt um, in Alaska that we have. Totally DIY. Drop 3700 bucks. That's your flight in, your flight out, and all your uh, meat in and out, and all your, uh, uh, you know, luggage and everything. Anyway, fact of the matter is that's going to be a totally DIY. We're going to go kill 380s, 390 bulls. Um, we killed your pub, uh, antelope on public land. The other thing I want to make sure that everybody listening knows is that antelope that we killed on public land, we could have killed three more by noon that we had spotted around other hunters that was on walk-in in public land that they never even saw because they didn't get their binoculars off the chest and they don't know what they're looking for. And so if somebody comes out here and takes the time to practice and really invests in the right optics, pack system, layering system, boots and rifle, you can... uh, Antelope and mule deer can be killed out west without spending a ton of money. Right. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to go kill a book antelope every year. Right. No, no, and we, we didn't put a ton of time in. We could have found bigger antelope. Yeah, we had, public, we had, we had private land to go hunt. We didn't. Yep. We pre-scouted that area yep. the night before. And we, knew, we that, knew that buck was there. We knew three bucks, three good bucks were in there. And we found that buck within 15 minutes. Boom. We had him killed. Nope, South Dakota. That was South Dakota. Now, Montana, we've been seeing a lot of guys um, up there, too. Here's what we see. They go in a half a mile to a mile off the road, and they get into the first ravine, and um, they get intimidated. You know what I'm saying? If you can expect to put 10 to 12 miles on your feet a day and just know you need to cover ground and not get freaked out about the vast open spaces out here, 
no problem. She should be able to kill a good buck. Because it's easy to bone an antelope, throw it in your pack. Yeah, it, it really I is. Mean, and, and haul it out. It's not like you're dragging an antelope for... Or even a mule deer. Or even a mule deer. But, I mean, an antelope, one guy can easily... Maybe maybe that's what people do underestimate is the work. They do a little work. you got to do a little work. Yeah, it, I think it is. It's the work. It's like, I mean, you you and I grew up in Iowa deer hunting in a stand. Right. You know, I mean, at least I did. I don't know if you yes. did. You were in Alaska most of the time. No, well, I didn't no. have that... I grew up in Iowa, same way. No, I know, I know, with the, yeah. with the twelve gauge. Oh yeah, with you know the deer slug. Yeah, I mean that that's that was what we're used to. Yes, if that's you could exactly. Sit in a tree for you know before the break of dawn for three and a half hours for four. You know, you're talking about coming out here and going ten to twelve miles a day. Yes, so so your stand out here. That's actually a good, really good reference point. Your stand out here mentally, you need to change it. Your stand is where you're standing, and that's why I said you need to be efficiently out to 400, and he said out to 500. But because your stand is to get up on a high point, and it has to be away from everybody else. The animals will move. Mule deer will be on their feet all day long. They're not like a whitetail. They they'll bed down in the heat of the day, but they'll get up and they'll move. They'll expose themselves. And and uh, um, if you can get up and get out there, um, it's you know, and, and practice it, glassing, practice, practice glassing, glassing because that's one big that's right. one big thing, is uh, we spend a lot more time glassing than a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, you just it's it's and a, we're really it's good a, at it. It's an you get good at what you do a lot of and what you know sitting in a tree stand you, yeah. you people can hear see a deer his ear wiggle or a squirrel's yeah. tail wiggle um, sixty yards away a hundred yards away through thick brush well that's the same trained eye that you have to develop here yeah. your stand here is is it just moves a little bit. You know, you need to go, okay, I've spent an hour here. I'm going to hike over there three-quarters of a mile. I'm going to hike over there and see where I'm at. And you're going to get up and, and get after it. And, uh, and pretty soon you'll learn where to where to look. Yep. I mean, there's better places, and there's places that you don't have to spend tons of time classing. Yep. So, so when you're talking about what you guys were hunting of this last weekend, this is land, just so folks know. This is area that you've been to many, many times. Many, oh, yeah. many times. Yeah, many yeah, times. Year after year. Year after year. So it's funny. Yeah. That's a good question because I, it's easy to get caught up in the – because I have points everywhere, right? But here's the problem with points everywhere. When you finally draw after 27 years or whatever it takes you to draw, it's not like you've spent very much time scouting that and you're not familiar with the country. It's a, I, I think it's better to be competent and comfortable at, at uh, a chunk of ground where you can go back routinely over and over yep um now is it nice yeah because obviously it, it's nice but it's harder you know there was some like on my elk hunt i didn't i didn't know that country i spent a lot of time Before figuring season. it out yeah, yeah you were up there we were up there but like even like where we hunt where we've been killing these bucks okay 75 percent of it is accessible by public land yeah lots lots of it Yep, and uh, and just it, that far back in, you just never see people. Right. You know, we've seen two one time, and one of them worked for us. Right. And he knew where we were, so right. he, he went so, back there. So, okay, so I'm Dennis in Peoria, right? Yep. And I'm calling you on the phone and saying, yeah, I really like what I'm hearing. I want to DIY that. Are you able to say, yeah, here's the... Well, I'm not going to give them where I'm standing, oh. no. But I know six areas within five miles that's, of them. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, hey, exactly. hey, little, I'm, I'm a what little are you selfish. Tell me? What are you yeah. going to tell me, right? I'm not going to tell you where I'm me? sitting. Well, here, here's the reality. You look at an atlas, 
you know, you look at the public land atlases, and it's not hard but to figure we, out. But we have, but here's the reality: we have five areas just like that, Brad. We we we've had buddies come in way before we did this, took them out there, mm-hmm. and they all killed. Um, Dan killed that thirty-inch wide one, Brandon. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, it, it's that's all on public land, man. And uh, you just got to have an onyx or a base map. We like base map, right? And uh, um, download it, get it, get it set up, and uh, um, and get a hold of us we'll get your applications in we'll get your points in we'll do them in the areas that you're on and you're off and rocking man what do you like more about base map hey, and onyx i Just don't know it's we, should, we should we should <laughs> it is cheaper I, I like the 3d version of base map better yeah. I, I like the 3d but i will tell you this this isn't the podcast for that because we should do a podcast on that the difference between the two of them and what we both like i will tell you this okay for you listening i got something for you totally totally a crazy cool story. Saturday going to kill his deer. We'd put it to bed. I Friday. wanted to get out there. Friday. 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 I'm yeah, sorry. It was Friday. Friday. I think. Yeah. Um, so Friday we were going to kill his deer. We got up super early, got out there. The light was just coming on up. And I'm like, right on the public road was a hundred and seventy inch mule deer. Yep. Stud. A stud. Four-year-old buck, young. But but no human being on planet Earth does not shoot that sucker. Right. Okay, except mm-hmm. for two idiots like us. All right? It, literally, literally, I got out of the truck. I'm running at it. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go away. I don't want nobody to shoot you. I don't want you to shoot you. I, I want you to grow up, and I'll shoot you next year. Super <laughs> is, good deer. Is that not a true story? Yeah, super good deer. And, and so I just laugh because it's just a matter of, and we can help you. That's our job, man. Let us help you. Let us get you set up on it. But, uh, yeah. So you know what? It's just been a fun year. I like the storytelling podcasts because uh, we, we've seen some great deer. Are we going to have a storytelling session next week? Because I am betting there's going to be a story to tell. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm, hoping. I'm feeling really confident for you. I know you I, are. I'm not even sure I should shoot a deer this oh, week. Oh, boy. I, I won't shoot a deer. I probably won't oh, even hunt, boy. hunt I'm, that season. I'm pretty enthused about it. Um, yeah. So I would like to kill another 200-inch deer out oh there. Oh, my god! And I got a great shot at it. So you, you we'll see. Big deer. And then off to Oklahoma. Yep. Then we have Oklahoma and then Alaska. We're going to shoot a very small deer, but I'm excited about it. It's a mule, a mini muley, a right? Mini, a mini muley. Yeah, we have a mini muley. <laughs> a mini, um, I'm just looking at it as a mini muley hunt. <laughs> but you know what? Here, here's the thing. There's a hunt. There's a hunt we should talk about real quick. Um, you got Sitka blacktail on Sitka, two deer. Kodiak. Or I'm sorry, yeah, on Kodiak, two deer, totally affordable price. You guys got to get a hold of us, two deer. And the charter in, the flight charter in, not expensive at all. 1200 bucks split for four guys. Right. You could take four guys in that camp. Yeah. You can kill two deer each, and you have a, Ala- a great Alaska adventure right. for yeah. under 6000 bucks. Yep. Under $6,000. And you get two deer, and they make incredible little mounts. They're, they're great little creatures, man. Um, I'm excited about it. You know, and th- those are the things that, that makes me laugh because I-, I think a lot of people have this misnomer or this uh, this idea that oh, I got to go kill a 200 inch deer because you know these these uh, these this Instagram Insta- Instagram right Insta scam Instagram all this Instagram crap these guys are running out you know um, and uh, Westies. Um, and it's like, mm, no, not too many guys kill that kind of bucks all the time. How about go for a world-class adventure? That's right. why I like killing coyotes. World-class adventure. 
We got lots of inexpensive opportunities. It's about full on coyote season too. Yeah, it is this weekend because I have <laughs> su- I'm suppressed. I know. So the deer go like this when yeah. I shoot a coyote standing next your, to him. Your partner this, this week is suppressed for the first time in his life. Yeah, that's going to be problematic <laughs> for me. Because Russell's really good at getting, a, getting after, getting down and getting coyotes killed. Uh, and now the, the booger has a can on the end of his gun, so he's going uh, to be competing with me, which sucks. Because usually it's like, all right, Brian, go ahead and shoot that thing because I'm the only gun that's quiet enough to keep the deer on the ranch. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting. But uh, anyway, well, awesome. Yeah. So this is going to be a it's going to be a good rest of your listen. Hey, I hope everybody out there is having an amazing hunting season and you're staying safe. OK, um, just a quick reminder. Visit us at rollingbones.com. Check out our membership uh, that'll help you start your hunting adventure of a lifetime. Our memberships are built just for you. Uh, think of your membership as joining a very special hunting club that features our five-star concierge service and a totally vetted hunt catalog. You know, it it allows you to go in there and I tell you what, if nothing else, go on the website and click on that hunt catalog and go to hunt experience, hunt overview, the gear list and photos. It's amazing what we've put together. We have the most comprehensive database and the most collected amount of details for outfitters in in the marketplace today, just no question. Uh, We'd love to have you check it out and uh, if you enjoy this, leave an honest rating and review, which will help uh, others find this podcast. Tell us what you think. And, hey, give us some feedback. Tell us what you'd like to hear. We'd love to hear what you'd like to hear. You know what? We spend uh, hundreds of days a year out in the field hunting, and uh, we don't know everything about it, but we would like to learn a lot more, and uh, we'd like to know what you want to know and what you want to hear from us. And uh, we appreciate you listening. We would not be a company without our great members and our great adventures, providers, our outfitters, our guides. And again, in the middle of hunting season, we just hope everybody has a safe and wonderful hunting season going into Thanksgiving. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you tuning in and listening. So until next week, thank you, happy hunting, and be safe.